Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode two of the Extraordinary Expletive. Got your boy J Dubs over here on the mic. Kenny G's over here on the right. And uh, we are here kicking it live. About to give it to you. So this week's episode we've been discussing at work. Uh, we wanted to do some inspirational albums, right? Yeah, uh, different albums that maybe that influenced you in a certain way, whether it was uh, musically or personally. Um, that had like an impact on your life is basically what I'm trying to get at. Okay. So like all throughout my life, are you talking just, uh, no, I'm talking like, I mean, you could have been like five years old and like, yeah, this Garth Brooks album was the shit. Oh my God, dude. I've got friends in low places too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, you know, are we starting it off with like a list or what are you doing? You want me to, you want to discuss? I mean, I think it's just good. If you want to go back and forth. Yeah, dude, I'm down. Yeah. So go ahead. Give me one. Um, not to be cliche here. But uh, the Marshall Mathers LP, it was like a big well, deal to me. that's an LP. It doesn't count. Yeah, touche. Whatever. No, it's fine. The <laughs> LPs are... I, I never understood why they do LPs and like EPs. Like, uh, I think Alice in Chains of Jar of Flies is an EP, and it's seven songs long. But I also know like there are bands to put out like five-song-long albums. So yeah. Uh, it doesn't really... Like they Floyd... The extended play in the... Well, I don't even, what does the LP stand for? I don't know. Limited play? I, I think. I, I don't, don't know. know. I thought Marshall EP Matters. was... Yeah, it's the Marshall... E- EP is extended play. Okay. Uh, Marshall Matters. Yeah. Um, I don't know, dude. I think I was like 12 or 13 when I got that album. Maybe I was 10. Yeah, I think I was 10 years old when I got it. And, I mean, it just blew my mind. Like, I had always listened to like a little bit of rap here and there, but like, like one... It was like a white dude doing rap, and I was like, yo. Like, you know, I'd heard, hey, my name is... It, it was a white dude in a trailer park. Yeah, right? Of all things. <laughs> so, you know, I got into it, and just, I don't know, really inspirational to me. Like, I started, you know, wanting to rap kind of shit, you know? it. A lot of cool songs on that album. Uh, the cuss words, of course, were amazing. My mom didn't like that so much. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to. I wanted to get that whenever I was a little kid, but my mother wouldn't let me. And I couldn't buy it myself because of the parental advisory label. Yeah. So. I mean, it was sweet, though, man. Like, a lot of cool songs on there. I loved, uh, like, the first, well, track two, but Kill You. Like, it was just, he sings a lot about his mom. He sings a lot about, like, his problems. He's not just, like rapping about bitches and drugs and shit i mean he's got his drug songs his, in the um, room, but lit or eminem was one of the ones too that like if you listen to him rap he wasn't rapping so much like he was kind of the one that rapped about personal issues he's one of the first ones that really rapped about like hey this is my personal issues like you go back to like nwa and stuff like uh the song nobody moved that's just about them doing like a bank robbery yeah like it's just it's fict- it's a fictitious story where eminem was actually uh talking about real life issues he had yeah know? Like, growing up, like, what shaped him, and, I mean, that was his drive, you know I mean? That was his muse, like, he could definitely, like, write on that. And then, you know, 8 Mile came out and shit, and then you, like, really seen it, I was like, whoa. But, uh, yeah, dude, that album, man, I've probably listened to that thing, like, like, over 200, 300 times, you know what I mean? Just, how many, how many copies you've been through? Uh, only one, you know? Oh. But, and then, like, later on in life, I ended up getting it back on the PC. Don't have it on, uh like physical copy anymore can't carry it in your sony walkman yeah the, uh, yeah i mean my truck's got a cd player but i just use the aux cord dude you know what i mean <laughs> i think i'm the only person that still uses cds i have a huge book of cds on my jeep yeah you're like dude i'm going to the store and getting this uh this limp biscuit cd hey i got this cd i'm like wow the only cds i have i have like the nirvana collection and then i mean i showed when, you that pink floyd when we still had the uh record store in the mall 
Yeah. Or even the one in Niles, I would literally, whenever it was still in the Shenango Valley Mall, I would literally go every weekend and I'd buy like three to four CDs. That's what's up. Because they always had like, buy two used, get one free. Or like, buy buy two, get one half off. So I'd always just buy two and get the other one for free or half off. Yeah. But then unfortunately they closed, so now I don't, I have to buy all my stuff online. So it was it was always really nice to go in there because they would just have the big bin of like UCDs. And you'd be like, oh my god, I forgot this album existed. I'm yeah. gonna buy it right now. Like online, you don't have that same thrill. Yeah. Save the record store. Hashtag save the record store. Um. I don't know. I mean, like inspiration-wise, like that really opened up my mind to a lot of different rap. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Stuff I didn't really think I'd get into. Like you know, like I was. I always like hip hop and stuff. Like I like dance music and that kind of shit. But after that, like. I was like, whoa, dude, like, he's rapping about some cool stuff. And then I started listening to other rappers. Like, I remember getting a, borrowing, like, a Nelly CD from my cousin. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was, like, different kind of rap. And then she's, like, telling More me. More positive. She's like, and she's like, do you hear everything he's rapping about? Like, this is not cool. And I was like, dude, this is cool, Mom. Like, trust me. And then he blew up. And then next thing you know, she bought me the Eminem show. Like, <laughs> I didn't even ask for it. She's like, here you go. And I was like, dude. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd say that would be, like, my first first major uh back to back like put that record to rest kind of shit you know yeah um what about you what about for, you uh my first one yeah um you're gonna agree uh, you'll probably agree with me on this but it was actually metallica's black album yeah well, I, we mentioned this in the previous podcast that yeah it's one of the ones that influenced us but that was that and black sabbath black sabbath were like the ones that introduced me but it was more so uh metallica's black album that introduced me to metal because Whenever I was a little kid, I didn't grow up in this area. I grew up in a really rural area. And everyone back there, like, listened to country all the time. We would go to school and we would talk about, like, hey, what were the top ten country songs this week? Can you believe it was, like, How Do You Like Me Now by Toby Keith? Man, that's been number one for, like, weeks now. Um, and then I moved up here and somebody was like, have you ever heard of Andrew Sandman? And I was like, no. And they showed it to me and, like, 11-year-old me was blown away. I was like, this is fucking amazing. This is the best thing I've ever heard in my life. And it's weird now because I don't even like the Black Album. I refuse to buy any Metallica CD made after uh, And Justice for All. But, like, that was my... It was kind of like a gateway drug. Yeah. It, it led it me... It opened the door. Yeah, dude. basically. Because I'm like, this is heavy. What else sounds like this? Okay, I'm listening to Megadeth now. Oh, my God. <laughs> this guy used to yeah. play in Metallica? This guy used to be in Metallica. He wrote Call of... He, he, was, he wrote Call of Cthulhu, and that's why he made Hangar 18. Oh, and then I just absorbed it all from there. I mean, I would put Black Sabbath up there too, um, but a lot of Black Sabbath stuff. I didn't have one album. It was just I would hear a song by Black Sabbath. I'm like, this is amazing. Iron Man is an amazing song. War Pigs is a great song. It was just all over the place. But for Metallica, for sure, it was the Black Album. Uh, somebody let me borrow it, and I burned it on my computer. And it was just, it was like love at first here. Yeah. Dude, yeah, my stepdad showed me that one, and, uh, I mean, there's a lot of good songs on that. I mean, a lot of people talk shit, but, like, I mean, I know those lyrics, that, like... That's when Metallica decided to go more mainstream. Yeah. That's what it is. But, I mean, they still had their, their good shit, like, Wherever You May Roam, or Wherever I May Roam. I love that intro. It's, like, got the gong. <laughs> like, that was, you know, that's a neat intro, and then it, like, really builds up and stuff. But, dude, I... I like know those lyrics like the back of my hand you know what i mean and i remember getting in an argument with this kid at school 
and uh, they were talking about uh, Enter Sandman, and I just, you know, not talking to him because I wasn't one of the popular kids. Mm-hmm. Chilling in the back, and he's like, "Yeah, dude," and he's like, "X the light and the night," and I was like, I had to interrupt. I was like, "No, excuse- hey, no," <laughs> and uh, the night. he's not, he's not saying that at all. No, dude, yes, he is. It's X the light. I'm like, no, it's exit light, enter night, and he's like, no. It's not. Like, dude, he was pissed, like, going back and forth. So I was like, all right, dude, cool. I was like, I, I've never listened to Metallica in my life. Came back the next day with the fucking, like, the, the book inside the album, showed him the lyrics. He's like, yeah, whatever, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't even a big deal to him. I was like, but dude, you are like, red in the face with me over it just a second ago, you know? Now, yeah. oh, you, you slept on it, so you're okay about it? But um, I found, you know, that was, like, one of those albums when I was, like, younger. It's, it's like the metal album for people who don't know they're into metal. Yeah. That's what gets you into it. But I was, like, one of those guys that, like, I heard it first. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, hell, when we were talking about that, I mean, that was, like, I think that was in seventh grade when that kid said that. I was like, holy shit, dude. I heard this song back when I was eight. Are you kidding yeah. me? You, X, The Light? Bro, you're stupid. I couldn't. It, couldn't. It's, it's really dumb, though, that, like, that album came out in, like, 91, and, like, in 2000, people were still like, yo, have you heard this? It's yeah. Awesome. A lot of people, I don't know. I guess it have uh, a lot of staying power. If you a little more music connoisseurish like we are, like you're up to date on what comes out, and but and people are you know late bloomers. I guess. Um, but what was the other one you were saying? I mean, like the Black Sabbath. Black, Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath. I didn't really have one whole album though, because you got to remember, like, what wind mix and Gazaw and like. All the file sharing stuff. Oh, yeah. So I would just download, like, a Black Sabbath song, and I would have no idea what album it was off of. Oh, okay. So, like, their first, like, self-titled album, like, that one. Yeah. I really like that one. But I wouldn't say that one influenced me so much, but that was kind of, like, my gateway to heavy metal. So how do you feel about Ozzy singing? How do I feel about it? Yeah. Because, I mean, like, come on, everybody knows he's not that great of a singer. It's good for what he does. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. I think it really fits their style. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be like Ozzy's the greatest singer ever, but I'd say for what he's doing, he he has the perfect voice for it. Yeah, I mean like, in uh you know when he went solo, like some of his stuff sounded way different. Yeah, like Mama, I'm coming home. Like, you know he sang pretty good on that one, but I was like, you're the he still has of that, I, uh, like that whiny shit. Yeah. yeah, have you have you watched um, uh the Dirt yet? No, I have not watched it. No? Everyone's been telling me to watch it. I haven't watched I, it yet. You should. You should. It's a good one. Apparently, they said that doesn't even like scratch the surface. Yeah. Uh, also, I a couple of the things like aren't they're a little uh, drawn out, like made up ish. You know what I mean? Like right. it didn't exactly happen that way. Like the whole car wreck thing, that that scene. I guess it was a little different. But um, they have a scene uh, where Motley Crue meets Ozzy. And he walks out, and he's wearing nothing but a robe, like no pants on underneath. And he bends over in front of these people, and he has a $100 bill stuck up his ass. And, like, there's these two uh, old people. And he goes, here, go ahead, take it. Because he says something to him first. He's like, oh, here, I'll buy you a drink. And then bends over and shows him the money. He's like, here, take it. Come on, just reach up there, go ahead. That seems like something he would have done. Yeah, and, like... I'd never heard that part of the story, but the part that happens next, I'm sure you've heard of. It was on, like, one of the uh, 100 Most Metal Moments, mm-hmm. where he, like, licked up somebody's piss. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he licked up Vince's pee. But first, he's like, he's like, I fancy a bump. 
They're like, oh, dude, we're out, man. No, yeah, I ain't got any. And he's like, I said, I fancy a bump. And he just, like, takes a straw out of fucking uh, McMars' drink and then just, like, goes and blows a line of ants off the uh, ground. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dude. He was a crazy motherfucker, man. Yeah, back in the day. Yeah. I got to see Black Sabbath play in uh, 2005 at OzFest. But uh, it wasn't the original lineup. Like, uh, Ronnie James Dio was playing guitar. Or maybe I'm wrong on that one. I forget who the fuck was playing guitar. But uh, it, it wasn't the original, original lineup. And, well, Dio, uh, Dio was originally in Black Sabbath. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Start. He was the original single, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I never knew that. And then I, like, one day was reading an article and, like, looked it up. And I was like, whoa, really? And yeah, that's, that's how it became. Go, that's where it goes start. Yeah, that's how it became, you know, Dio. Was Tony Iommi not there? I don't remember. I was 15. I mean, honestly, it's usually just the guitarist and the singer. If you were like, we had the guitarist singer, I'm like, okay, that's the original lineup. Where did <laughs> we go? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. For some bands, though, you need, like, you could never have a Rush reunion without Neil Peart. Yeah, there's you, no you way. You can't do it. You no, can't, dude. You can't have. You can't be like this. Is the original version of Slayer, and not have David Lombardo. Like, you, yeah. you need those guys. I seen a picture just the other day, and it was like a uh, uh, Slayer fans, and it was like a dude dressed up in finished death metal. Like, you know what I mean? He had this face painted white with the black, like crazy eyes and everything. And it was like people who listen to Slayer, and then it was like. Slayer's lead singer, and he's just holding a cat. <laughs> he's like wearing a fucking like SpongeBob T-shirt. Have you ever seen the the meme with Glenn Danzig where he's carrying the cat? Yes. Yes. Oh man. Like I seen that's Danzig. I seen a uh, a post. Um, it was like a like an Onion article, but it was basically that Danzig was trying to sue the universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was dying. I was like reading the hell out of it. I was like, man, this sounds like something he would do. But um, I saw one, I think I shared it to you, I may not have, but it was uh, Samuel Jackson on top of uh, Danzig. It was like his face from uh, Pulp Fiction posted over top of Danzig, and it said, Motherfucker, tell your people not to walk my way. Oh, yeah, I've seen Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> oh, man. Motherfucker, <laughs> tell your people not to walk my way. You know what I mean? Like, oh, shit. But, uh, yeah, Black Sabbath. <laughs> yes, Black Sabbath, everybody. We also talked about Danzig memes there. Um. So, so we both agree on the Black Album then? Oh yeah, dude, Is that we, was a great one. Okay. Good one, good one. So now, back to you. Uh, Coheed and Cambria, uh, their second album, uh, In Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3, blew my mind. Um, that was an album that came kind of out of nowhere, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, I traded music, you know, with people back and forth, and... Uh, one person was Tom Vaughn, and uh, he, uh, I'll talk about that album on my turn again, but uh, the one that he gave me. But, you know, we traded CDs back and mm-hmm. forth, so he ended up getting that me into Coheed. That, that used to be like a huge thing, too, with yeah, CD dude. trading. Like, yo, dude, hey. can I borrow this? Yeah. Yeah. Next thing you know, like, you're into that band, and then mm-hmm. you got to go get your own copy. Right. Or your buddy's like, yo, can I get that back, Or dude? you just you just take it and you download it on your computer. You just download it on your computer and... Yeah, just rip it. Or like tape, tape trading used to be a big thing back in the day. People would be like, oh, yeah, I bought this blank cassette. Give me that tape. And they'd record the tape on the blank cassette. But that was, you know, 30 years ago. Yeah. Coheed and Cambria. Yeah, dude. Um, I'm not certain if you know this or not, but all of Coheed's songs, um, besides the album that they just released, is all about a comic book that Claudio wrote called The Armory Wars. 
I and, actually did not know that. Yeah, well, each album is each comic book. So, like, the first one is the second stage, Turbine Blade. Second one's uh, In Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3. Fourth one's, or third one is uh, Good Apollo and Burning Star 4. And, like, each one is a comic book. They're graphic novels, man. Like, I had two of them. Actually, that base over there, I traded two of those comic books for that base and an amp. Yeah, it was just, you know, <laughs> barter system, dude. But um, that that blew my mind, you know what I mean? It was... That was my first real encounter with a concept album. You know what I mean? He was singing about right. a whole storyline. And then, like, to be able to write, like, good, catchy songs like that, but then have it be about a story, and while you're singing, like, the whole story's happening, like, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know what I mean? And the, the first, uh, like, major song on there is called In Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3, and it's, like, nine minutes long. Amazing song, though, man. I mean, like, I learned to play that on guitar, like... Not the solo, because I'm, you know, a little shitty when I was starting it. But, um, like, the intro. And, uh, you know, Claudio's one of these big dudes. Like, he's huge. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. swollen arms. And then he's gigantic hair. And the voice that comes out of him is, like, a 10-year-old choir boy. Like, he's so high-pitched. And I was just like, what? And then, like, you hear him talk. You know what I mean? It's like... He doesn't sound like girly at all. He's like, "Yeah, man. Uh, you really. I mean, he's not that deep, but yeah. Uh, it was really inspirational, man. Uh, that really opened me up to a lot of like songwriting, um, like ideas and stuff. You know what I mean? I was like, mm-hmm. whoa, like, cause you know, going back to like the Eminem thing, like you know, always rapping or singing about something that you know is an experience in your life or whatnot. Well, it never occurred to me like, hey, you know, make a concept like them robbing the bank and the NWA song. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's fictional but like it's still cool you know what i mean right and uh i don't know i just uh there's this website that album led me to it's called cobalt and calcium.com it's like a fan-made uh coheed and cambria site co and ca that's the abbreviation and then that's on the uh periodic table you know what i mean so you click on there and they literally have the whole story lined out like while the album's going on what's happening in the comic book while he says this line and stuff like for instance um uh, Burning Star 4. I'm sure you've heard the song Welcome Home. Yes. Okay. You know, like... I think right, every person who right after anything that, about Cody and Cameron. That intro guitar lick, you hear yeah. the drums, boom. Well, in the comic book, okay, um, which it gets really deep. It's it's sweet. Claudio writes it about this character named Claudio. And he's basically uh, like a monster. They call it the Monstar, actually. But he, like, turns into this was beast. Was he one of the... Uh, was he in the movie Space Jam? Yeah, he should have been. Monstars. Yeah. All of it was was just special stuff, man. But, uh, so he ends up inside the story two times because, like, you know, it's like a metaphor for himself, kind of. He said if he could rewrite it, he would not name the character Claudio because it made it confusing. Well, later on in the story, uh, there's a guy called the writer. So he's writing the book, and then inside the book is a guy writing the book. So the dude called the writer inside there is writing everything that's happening to the Claudio in the Armory Wars. And then he ends up coming into the story and, like, fucking up timelines and shit. And, like, he can rip characters out, like, if he decides, like, hey, we're killing this one off. You know what I mean? And right. you really get introduced to the writer in the fourth album. Uh, well, third one, excuse me. They just number it like that. But in Welcome Home, anyways, in the comic book, he's walking up to his house, and it's the writer, okay? And he sees his girlfriend cheating on him, and he's outside in the rain, and, like, 
sees her in the window getting banged or whatnot. He walks inside and he grabs her, kills the one dude, and then like grabs her and he's just dragging her through the fucking mud like in the rain, just by her hair. And that's like, and he's like there. He throws her into a coffin and as soon as that drum beat hits, he goes welcome home and slams a fucking door. And like in my head, that drum beat is like that door slam. You know what right. I mean? It's that's a sweet ass concept, man. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I can't. I, I never actually realized it was a whole concept album. Yeah, everyone besides the one they just released, the one they just released with uh, "Hey, You Got Spirit, Kid" and shit. Yeah, that's the first album that was not about the Armory Wars. So wow. every other one is about his fucking comic book, and then he's still writing the comic books while writing the music, dude. You know what I mean? I'm like, you're where you got time to do all this at, man? <laughs> right. But, when uh, do you sleep? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like that one, you know, really made me like spiral off into a lot of different things. So like, I, I'm like really thankful for like finding that band. It was uh, Tom Vaughn that showed me that, and I was just like, dude, these guys are kick ass, man. And then like he had one of the comic books, and that's how I was like, whoa, what is that? <laughs> you know? I don't know. Did you ever get into Coheed Monster? No. Uh, no, not really. No, damn. I was, I was never huge into Coheed. My sister loved. Uh, Blood Red Summer. A lot of people like tell me they're like you. You should like give them a listen. I'm like, I don't know if that's really my style of music. I would. Yeah. But again, I listen to everything, so I might I might find something that I'm 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 a big proponent of. Um, people were always like, "Well, this band sucks. This band sucks." I'm like, "Well, that's like your opinion. That's fine." But every band, no matter who it is, you can find at least one song you like by them. Yeah. I'm I'm sure that like you could find. I mean, you could think of somebody you hate with a passion, but you probably find one song they have that you like. Dude, everybody talks shit on Six Nine, and I went and like looked him up because I never actually heard his music. Mm-hmm. I just like the memes, you're like, oh, his music's trash. Yeah. So I listen to one, and he just sounds like Waka Flocka. Like, all he does I, is I love Waka. Flocka. He yell raps, dude. And I was like, this isn't bad. I mean, like some other shit, I guess he does do a little bit my, of the mumbling. My favorite thing is when somebody's like Waka Flocka. Are you? Do you think you're the best rapper? He's like, nah, man. I'm just all about the hype, and I'm like. Yes. Fuck yes. Yeah, dude. Hey, uh, yeah, I just installed Windows 95, and uh, I don't see any option uh, to go hard in the paint. <laughs> Am I doing something wrong? But, uh, all right, so what, what would you say your uh, your next one? Uh, for me, I would probably say Life After Death by the Notorious B.I.G. No because shit. that is the album that really got me into rap. Yeah. Before that, I was always like, uh, rap, you know, rap music sucks. There, back in, uh, God, I was eight or nine years old. I used to watch wrestling all the time. There was a, um, <clears throat> and I mentioned earlier, I was in the country all the time, where there was like a, a wrestling gimmick where this guy had a country band and they had a song and they used to play the music video for it. And his song was called Rap is Crap. It was, it's really bad. You can look up, they were the, the West Texas Rednecks. Um, and I was, I was like, yeah, rap sucks. And then someone showed me that album. They showed me um, Juicy. And okay. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, this is awesome. And then, like, just that album as a whole was kind of like my gateway. And what I really like about it is all the songs, not all the songs, but most of the songs transition into the next one. Yeah. So even even going back, if you if you look at his first album, Ready to Die, uh, the last the last track on that album is uh, Suicidal Thoughts. And he's basically on the phone, uh, you know, talking to Puff Daddy about how he's going to kill himself. And then he, like, pull, you hear the gunshot and, you know, it kind of just fades out. But then whenever uh, Life After Death opens up, uh, you just, you hear 
they're like previously unready to die. And they basically recap that like he killed himself and stuff and like he's waking up in the hospital and stuff. And just all the, the, the flow of the songs, how they just transition one into it. Like one will fade out and then it'll fade back in and it's a new song. Okay. And it's it's really awesome. It was actually a two disc album. Holy shit. Yeah. I, I, I have it in my car right now, what I was listening to on the way here. Oh dude, that's sweet. <laughs> so but Yeah, that's that's <clears throat> That's a really cool, like, almost concept-y. Right. Not like concept... I guess it is kind of concept album, but especially the names of them, Ready to Die and then Life After Death. And, and the weird part is he died between them. Oh, shit. Ready to Die came out, and then he recorded all of Life After Death. He was promoting it, and then he got shot out on the West Coast and died. And then Life After Death came out after he was already dead. Damn, that's deep, that's, dude. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's fucking nuts. I don't know if he planned it like that. Maybe he's alive. Him and Tupac are alive together somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, but just the beats on that album. And, I mean, Biggie just sings about some shit sometimes. Like, he's just rapping words. Like, he's just rhyming words to rhyme words. But, like, it sounds good. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it really Girls gets you talking to us, want to do us, screw us, who us, yeah, Papa and Puff. Like, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh seen a i talk a lot about memes by the way but my buddy sure Reuben shared one uh it was uh one of those jesus candles mm-hmm. but it had biggie on it <laughs> and he said this is the type of candle that you light and then recite the 10 crack commandments <laughs> <laughs> i was like that's sweet where'd you get that but it, yeah i mean i don't think i've actually ever owned a biggie album i have only uh, two yeah touche i mean i know you know my well, slew of songs oh yeah well i people. probably haven't listened to all of them though a lot of people know uh, pretty much all of Biggie's music. Yeah. So. Sometimes your words hit me. Especially, like, he was, he, he's so influential. Yeah, dude. It's, I don't know. him. He him was and, really young, too. Yeah. He what was, mean? like, 28. Yeah. Something like that. He was my age. I mean, like, Tupac was, like, 25 when he died. Yeah. Like, I just thought it was sweet. You know, he'd come up off the streets and doing that shit. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I'm waiting for... Uh, did they make a Biggie movie yet? Yeah. Did they? Oh, God. It was like 10 years ago. Oh, uh, so... Okay, yeah, because that Tupac one just dropped, like, what, two, three years ago? Yeah, it was actually... The, the Biggie movie's really good. Really? Yeah. It was uh, called Notorious. Oh, wait, motherfucker. Yeah, I've seen that. I'm okay. retarded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he... Uh, the dude who plays him, what what the hell is his I name? I don't remember that guy's name. He, he, uh, did, he did a really good dude, job. Dude, amazing, yeah. Yeah, that was, like, I don't know, like, way cooler than the 50 Cent movie. People got shot off of the 50 Cent movie. Yeah. The waterworks in Pittsburgh. That sucks. Yeah. Just, uh... All right, on to, on to you. On to me. Yeah. Um, all right, I... This is your album number three, or do we want to count it as four since we both agreed the Black Album? I, I mean, yeah, we I could say four. You know, don't want to say three or four? I, I don't care. Okay, we'll go three then. Okay, we'll go three. I'd say, uh, next one, um... Uh, like I said, like we traded CDs back and forth. Uh, my uh, my cousin had died when I was uh, fifteen and uh, sixteen, and um, when I went down there, I got a bunch of his shit, and uh, like a lot of what I got was like CDs and band T-shirts and shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, like that's what my dad was like, "Hey, dude, like I want you to have these." I was like, "All right." And the one album I got was uh, "Very Proud of You" by AFI, and uh, I'd listened to it, but not heavy. I was like, eh, like, it was, like, different, I guess. Well, then, uh, 
I met Tom when I moved to Middlesex and I, we were talking about AFI back and forth and I was like, Oh yeah, dude. I was like, I got their album. Uh, very proud of you. And he's got sing the sorrow. And he's like, you want to trade? And I was like, yeah, sure. And he gave me sing the sorrow, dude. I listened to that. Like, Oh my God. Like I fell in love. It was, it was awesome, man. You know, yeah. um, a lot of people say that's like the, you know, that's after you, what is it? December underground came out and shit. Like they were, we sing the sorrow was before December underground. Yeah. Yeah. That that's what I'm saying. One, like yeah, that yeah. was like the beginning of their, okay, yes. we're not really doing punk music anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean, but I, I loved punk AFI and not like yeah. the, the afterwards. Oh yeah, dude. Uh, the art of drowning. Oh my God. That's amazing album. But see, I had no Answer, idea about yeah. those until, uh, you know, after I really like listened to this, I was like, Oh, I'm gonna go back and listen to some other stuff. And that's when I found like uh, Black Sails in the Sunset and All Hallows EP, and you know those were sweet. But uh, it was like uh, the first time I'd really listened to a band that had like an openly like gay lead singer. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like looking at the way he like you know dressed and everything, I was like, you damn, never... I'd hit that dude. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you never listened to Queen? Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Touche. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't, you know, I didn't learn about that for a little while. I was like, Freddie Mercury. Yeah, what? it took me a while. Like, whenever they, sh- whenever I saw the trailer for um, Bohemian Rhapsody, I was like, man, Freddie Mercury is a old ladies' man. And then I found out not so much. Yeah, yeah. He, he didn't like ladies. Not at all. I mean, he liked them, just not sexually. Yes. He had one hell of a mustache, though. God, yeah. That broom is just, like, <laughs> there. You know what I mean? It's like, whoosh. But, uh, yeah, Davey Havoc, dude. Sweet guy, man. Like, uh, it was also one of the first albums, like, I was, it was the first time I'd ever hit a harmony, like, while singing with something, you know what I mean? Because, like, mm-hmm. like, I'm not that great of a singer. Davey Havoc is a really good singer. Dude, yeah, his voice is, like, way up there, man. And he's got that scream, and he can do, he could do the metal shit if he yeah. wanted to, you know what I mean? Because, uh, that album that came out afterwards on December Underground, what was it, Miss Murder, he just, like, goes into that metal scream part. Yeah. And it was, like, unexpected. I was like, dude. Uh, but, yeah, man, that album had so many sweet things on it. And then if you listen to it the whole way through, it was, like, 25 minutes after the last track, there was a secret song uh, that, you know, blew my mind. A lot of bands did that, I guess, but, like, I just had it on repeat. And I was, like, laying on my floor. It was, like, late at night. Had it in a CD player listening on the stereo. And I was, like, half falling asleep. And the album was over. I was, like, all right. I was just laying there. And all of a sudden, like, this piano starts playing. Do, 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 do. And I was, like, the fuck is this? Like, holy shit. Like, look at the track time. It was, like, 35 minutes or something like that. I was, like, oh, my God. What the hell is this? And then, like, (laughs) they do this crazy intro where this, like, it's a little boy talking. And then it's a like a guy our age talking and then an old man talking and it's like you know that life and death kind of deal and then it just oh shit goes into this song they start playing right afterwards and it's it's amazing it's good but uh that was uh that was an album that made me like want to play drums because their intro song misera canter is very easy to play do 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 and like I was like, oh, yeah, dude, I could do that. And then hopped on the drum set and was, like, able to play it with it. You know what I mean? That was at Tom's house. Didn't know my own then, but I could still fuck around. And that was like, all right, yeah, I kind of want to try this. And then 
here I am with a drum set. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so it was pretty influential, man. I uh, took a lot away from that. It's a lot of cool, cool lyrics and a lot of cool, like, uh, like metaphors when he sings. You know what I mean? <laughs> just, uh, just a neat, all together, like all around uh, album. I, I, uh, I've already said that. Eh, it was, it was, it was okay. Um, for what it was, if you just show me that and didn't show, if you didn't show me old AFI and just show me like that album, I'd say it was solid. But then like knowing what they came from, like for me hearing it, I was like, this is kind of like a step back. I don't go back to what you were, but uh, all bands evolved. They change their sound. It happened. Yeah. So like, nothing. I mean, it was a cool thing to see like that transition. Right. You know what I mean? Like when I, I seen AFI warp tour one year. And I just, like, stood in the back, dude. There were so many fucking people there. It was insane. Like, like, past the sound booth in Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? Like, Jesus. Yeah, dude, it was filled. Like, Were they on the main stage or uh, were they on the side stage? I, no, they weren't up at under the pavilion. They were mm. on the side stage. So The, mo- the most I ever seen a, a side stage there was, uh, you know how, like, they, they, you know how they have, like, the grassy hill? Yeah. Um, 2013... I think it was Butcher Babies had just finished playing on one of the stages. No, this is Deer. What the, who, who, the, who the heck played? It might have been Motionless and White played. And then as soon as they were done, this whole crowd, because I really wanted to see Machine Head that year, and Machine Head was playing, and a whole crowd of people like started chanting for Machine Head 30 minutes before they were supposed to come on stage. So I was like, I, I have to go get in there. So I got in the pit, and by the time they came on stage, people were literally lined up over top of the hill. Jesus. It went the whole way back. It was insane. Yeah, dude, that's And, like, lot. the pit opened up, and I'd never been in the pit before, and I was so scared because it was so big. Yeah. And, like, as a front man, Rob Flynn was just like, none of you motherfuckers are safe. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to die here. <laughs> I'd never been in the pit. But I didn't realize, like, a marsh pit's the funnest thing you'll ever be in. Oh, dude, yeah. Like, I, I just thought, like, I'm going to go in that pit and somebody's going to trample me. I didn't realize, like, you fall down, there's, like, 20 people. 20 yeah. strangers you never met before, like, hey, we're going to pick you back up. Yeah, dude. Like, you, before you even know it, like, you got to, like, put your hands before down. Before you even touch the ground, yeah. you get, like, pulled back up. It, it It's an awesome thing. Yeah. It, it's a good release of energy. That was that was probably the most I've ever seen a, for, like, a side stage. Yeah. I think the other one I saw that was huge um, was Paramore. It was shit, oh, my God. I shit ton of people there, dude. I was like, wow. Yo, Haley, <laughs> what are you doing, girl? I'm going to slide into your DMs. Yeah, shit. Can I be the boy that you sing about in that one song? Do you know she said that she doesn't know what her hair color is because she's dyed it so many times? Yeah, I, I like, think we talked about this. Bitch, just grow it out until you see your roots. Yeah. I think we did, too. Yeah, because remember I told you about the uh, the Infinity Haley's? Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. been a long four weeks. It's okay. <laughs> Yeah, we work quite often. Yeah. <laughs> what um, the hell's a weekend? Yeah. I'm not used to having two days off. Oh, I didn't have two days off. Yeah, you had five. Well, you look at that. I did have five. Yeah. You deserve this sixth one, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> um, all right, what would you say? Uh, all right. Okay, In Utero by Nirvana. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah, that's... that was That's my favorite Nirvana album. It's the first one I ever got. I got it for Christmas one year because... Um, again, I just moved up to the area and on the radio all the time, I was hearing smells like teen spirit come as you are yeah. songs off of, uh, nevermind. 
Yeah. But I asked my parents for a Nirvana CD for Christmas, and they gave me In Utero. And that was the one. It, like, every song on that is so good. I can't think, like, um, Francis the Farmer will have a revenge on Seattle. That that drum intro, that... Yeah. I fucking love that. Yeah, dude. That was a song that, like, I, I played drums and, like, I was an element. Like, no, I would have been in the high... I was in, like, seventh grade, but I played, like... You know, I was in band. I played drums. But, like, that was the one that I was like, I need to get a drum set because I need to play the song. Um, Heart Shaped Box. Like, that song is so good. I That was... I can play that song on drums. If you just... If you play it for me with... If I'm wearing headphones and I can hear it, I can play it. Like... Hell yeah. Uh, that was just... And that one really got me into, like, all the 90s grunge scene, too. That was the one that... Uh, that was a CD where I was like, okay, I need more Nirvana stuff. Okay, now I need to listen to Soundgarden. Now I need to listen to Pearl Jam. Now I need to listen to Alice in Chains. It, it just got me that whole rock scene. And that that album... Uh, I would actually probably say it's Nirvana's best album. I mean... Nevermind made them blow up, but... Made it, Nevermind made them blow up, but... And, and like, Bleach is just so different. Yeah. It's it's heavier. Yeah. That's never... Chad Channing they was didn't, on drums? They didn't know what they wanted to be. Chad Channing is the longest tenured Nirvana drummer. Really? Yeah. Longer than Dave Grohl. <clears throat> Dave Grohl was from here. He has an alley named after him. Really? And Warren. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave Grohl Allen. That's sweet. He was there for the christening. Dave Grohl <laughs> seems like a really cool guy. But, yeah. Uh, Dave Grohl... Uh, <laughs> Dave Grohl. Just Nirvana as a whole. Like, that, that album... Um, I probably listened to it every day going to school for a year. And then one day uh, I ended up dropping my CD player in the driveway and I scratch a CD and it skips and stuff. But like Serve the Servants is probably like my favorite Nirvana song. Really? Yeah. Because it comes in with that, you know, like the, the three the three clicks with the drumsticks and then just the guitar. And that just hits me every time. I'm like, yes. Yeah, and it's a very different song. Like, it's not... Yeah, it's not... It's If I was like, here's here's a Nirvana song, you'd be like, oh, okay. And I'm like, no, this is also a Nirvana song. Like, they don't sound anything like. They don't have to. No, they don't. Yeah. Uh, when, I t- when I told you my cousin died, that was uh, two other albums I got. Well, I got three, four total, and that was one of them. Uh, it was In Utero. And then uh, the other one was uh, the Unplugged in New York. Because like I said before... before that i only knew like three or four songs nirvana had on the radio and i love this song like it was like uh the, their cover of the man who sold the word from like live in new york yeah was one of the ones uh but that was the one that was the one my parents got me and i was blown away i thought it was the coolest thing yeah i yeah. thought i was like i was like this is the coolest thing i'm the coolest kid in school because i listened to this band called nirvana yeah and i'm like 12 years old Fun fact, that's how me and Josh are friends in high school. Both are our favorite bands for Nirvana. So we ended up uh, just being like, yo, you like Nirvana? Yeah, me too. Like, Now here know, we are on a podcast I, I, talking I, about Nirvana. I remember letting you borrow the Kurt Cobain's journals. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was a sweet-ass book. It, well, I mean, it's just his journal. I, I think, know, but, but like the way it was the book, but then it still had like the composition notebook on the cover. Like, yeah. I thought that was cool as fuck. Yeah. yeah, thank you, by the way. That was sweet. You're welcome. Yeah. I still have it if you want to borrow it again and just fresh it up on some time. I yeah. haven't actually read it in years, but... Yeah. Yeah, I like... Uh, I definitely like In Utero, too. I'd say that's my favorite Nirvana album because, uh, I mean, I ended up getting... I, I bought them all. You know what I mean? I, 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 I bought them all up until, like, maybe 10 years ago when, when Silver, the best of the box that came out, and I realized it was just... Or Silver, the best of the box that, and I realized it was just... 
you know, 15 songs off the box set with this one unreleased track. And I was like, there's no point in buying anymore because everything's going to be like, hey, here's one unreleased track and 12 songs you already have. Yeah. So I stopped buying. I mean, yeah, there was like, you know, different versions. Well, no, that was on uh, uh, With the Lights Out. Yeah. 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 The, right. If you have the box set, you, you pretty much, if you have their first three CDs, the greatest hits album that has, um, was the last song they recorded. You know you're all right. Yeah, you know you're right. If you have that, if you have that one, yeah, you know you're right. If you have that, one, if you have the first three albums, that one, and then with the lights out, you pretty much have everything Nirvana ever did. Yeah, it's not like Tupac where he releases a new album like every five years with yeah. like new material. Like now, Kurt stayed dead, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I agree with you, man. That was, that was really influential for me. Uh, like I remember doing like art concepts because of them. Like I got really into like that's. That's when I wanted to learn to play guitar. Like mm-hmm. that's what made me pick it up, dude. And that album, I was like, whoa. And I learned Heart Shaped Box for the first time. It was like one of the first songs I could play the whole way through. I was like, man, like this is sweet, dude. And then it was from there on, you know, I got other stuff, but I got I went and bought Nevermind and it was a way faster album, it was way different. Yeah, and it's, I listened it's, to a, Bleach. it's a lot different. It was, and Bleach is a lot different. Yeah. And they had four members. Well, no, I guess they had four members for in utero. Yeah, cuz was Pat Smear? Pat Smear. Yeah, Pat then, Smear. Jason Everman was on the uh, first one. Bleach. Okay. So Nevermind was just the only three-piece part? It was, yeah. The, the most famous incarnation of Nirvana was only on, like, one album. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah. And it was the middle album, too. It wasn't the first or the last. Yeah. I mean, that's that's history, though, if you look it up. You yeah. Know, you're just like, oh, yeah, I know the song. Like, yeah, uh, but, I mean, never never mind, like, single-handedly overnight, like, killed Pop. Pop yeah, was like dude. The, pop was like the biggest thing in the world. Like Michael Jackson couldn't be touched, and then you know, Smells Like Teen Spirit came out and shoots up to like number one on the charts. Yeah, in my personal opinion, and a lot of people agree, but uh, you went to bed listening to Thriller and you woke up fucking in flannel with ripped jeans. No, and you're like what happened? Average <laughs> '90s grunge song, everyone wearing flannel. Oh, that's hilarious. No, but they, I, I think they also killed hair, hair metal. Oh, for sure. Like that was like the end of it, dude. That never mind dropped. Was it ninety four? No, no, no never mind. Was ninety one? Ninety one. Yeah, you're right. Ninety four is when he died. It was eighty eight, ninety one, ninety three, ninety four is whenever he killed himself. Yeah, yeah. And him and Lane Staley died. Lane Staley died like what was it? Like seven years later, on like a week apart. He's um, I don't know how old Staley was, but uh, Cobain was twenty seven. He's part of the twenty seven club. If you ever heard that concept? Yeah, I know. We got Joplin, Hendrix. I made a tasteless joke earlier about that. Oh, really? Yeah, I said I was like tasteless. Yeah, well, I said I was like I was like yeah, you know what? I'm jealous of people like Kurt Cobain, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix because by the time they were my age, they were already dead. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's some good taste. I like that. (laughs) Oh man, what's with the today's like killing yourself like a joke? I don't know. But then when it happens, people are devastated. I don't know. Like, they got joke. Like you never know anymore. You know, it's the kind of deal. Okay, so here's a big question. <laughs> Did you see that? Back to the memes. Did you see that meme I shared the other day? Which the one that was like a minor inconvenience. My brain. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't oh, say it. I'm gonna me, fucking. I'm kill gonna myself. fucking kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> like I was leaving lunch break and uh, Workman's walking back in and he goes, "All right, well, time to go kill myself." I was like, "All right, bye." <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just an accepted thing nowadays. I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, so, all right, speaking of killing yourself, did he do it? Or do you think Courtney had it? No, I, I mean, like, whenever I was younger, I bought in the conspiracy theories, but, like, whenever I'm older, I'm like, yeah, he probably killed himself. 
Like, reading his journal, you could see, like, he wasn't in the best mental health. And yeah. even then, like, he had... Uh, they have a song called I Hate Myself and I Wanna want Die. To die. Like, and that's actually one of my favorite Nirvana songs. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. That's a really good song. Yeah, it's different. Even though, like, the, the lyrics are... There's two versions of it. Okay. Um, and the lyrics are weird, but... Um, yeah, I because he had uh, an attempted he attempted suicide in Rome. Yeah, that was like that. OD though. Yeah, he well he tried yeah. to OD and then people people because well, people point out stuff they're like, well he had so much heroin in the system it was enough to like kill a horse. I'm like, yeah, but he was a heroin addict, so he did it all the yeah. time. He could he could handle that, no problem. Um, I mean I, I'm sure there's shady aspects about it, but um, unfortunately, yeah, a I'm, lot of it. Then I always thought about was a suicide note. Yeah, but that's okay. That's where I bought into it. Was if you read the suicide note, like the one part at the bottom is a little different handwriting. They said it's it different like. handwriting, but I just figure he did that when he was all fucked up. Yeah, I Dude, mean, try yeah. writing your try writing a letter, and then leave out like, and then get all fucked up and be like, wait, I want to finish this letter and then write it. Oh wait, 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 wait! Try writing a letter, and then do enough heroin to kill a horse, and, <laughs> and then try then to finish a letter. Finish a letter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I always thought, like, it, it's uh, almost worded like he's just telling his fans goodbye. You right. know what I mean? Like, hey, right. dude, like, I'm well, done with was. the music shit. He, like, he was I'll see you later. done with the music stuff. Yeah. I don't know. You know, there's a there's a weapon on... Um, I mean, it's one of those things with, like, um, we don't want to think bad of our idols and our heroes. And, like, he, unfortunately, he did something, and we want to try and be like, that wasn't him, man. But... yeah. I've accepted it. I'm like, okay, he did it. Like, there was a uh, a weapon on Fallout Three called Kurt Cobain's microphone. It's a shotgun. Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's a it's a star weapon too. It's one of them rare ones that you collect. It's funny as shit. Some pretty uh, all right, tasteless joke. Um, what was the last thing to ever go through Kurt Cobain's head? Oh no, no. His his teeth. Uh, no. Yeah, it's fucked. That's yeah, I always saw the photos and I try to like see what his like actual head looked like. I've seen like leaked photos where they're like, "Oh yeah, this is it." And I'm like, "No." The only photos like the the iconic one you just see his legs laying there. Yeah. Well, he'd been he'd been up there for a few days. Yeah, I think it was what three or four. Three days. When they found they him. hired a private investigator to see if they could find him, and then yeah, up there. Uh, yeah, I mean that was a sad loss. You know what I mean, but. I mean, I look, mean, it's it's not so much what Nirvana was, but what they could have been. Yeah, that's what, yeah, they were huge. But look at the Foo Fighters now, you know. Yeah, if Grohl had stuck around with that, like, you who knows where it Foo went? F- I yeah. mean, the Foo Fighters. I think I think Dave Grohl would left anyway. Yeah, I think would have been one of the, well, no, maybe it would have been one of those things where like the Foo Fighters were like a side project. Yeah. Have you ever seen? Actually, it was recently Dave Grohl did an interview and he said he doesn't listen to Nirvana songs because he gets sad. No. Yeah. He said he won't listen to. He hasn't listened to anything about for like any Nirvana song since uh, Kurt Cobain killed himself, because he's it's just upsetting to him. Yeah, I mean, you know, like a band's like a relationship, you right? Know what I mean? Like you get really close with those dudes, man. Right, and you're like, and I mean, they all got along. They didn't fight with each other. Or yeah. anything. it was never like you know, didn't have any bad blood between them. It was just, unfortunately, you know, that happened. So Dave Rose says to like to, the, to this day, he has not listened to Nirvana. He tries to avoid it as much as he can. That's crazy. It is crazy too. I mean, that's why I was surprised. Like they played at the Hall of Fame. Yeah. When they got inducted, Dave Grohl will be a two-time Hall of Famer. 
can't non-induct him for Foo Fighters. Yeah. <laughs> he's uh, he's the first. No, no, there's no. no there's a lot. Like uh, Paul McCartney's in there twice. Oh, okay. I mean, there's a lot of guys. Do you know who the only one to be in there three times is? Take a guess. Only person to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame three different times. I don't know. Clapton. Really? Yeah. How? Um, for his solo career, for being in Cream, and then what was the other band Clapton was? I know he's in there three times, but I can't. Oh, God. What was the other band he was in? Cream, his solo career, and then there's one more time. Oh, um, the Yardbirds. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's different. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. But, uh, all right, going back to the, uh... The, the album thing. Yeah, the, so, I did in utero. Um... So far, we have the Marshall Matters EP. It says have, LP? Oh, whatever. It's a something play. Uh, Marshall Matters. Lollipop. We have Sing With Sorrow. We have In Utero, the Black Album. Life After Death. What do you got? We're halfway there. Uh, um, for sure, I'm going to have to say uh, Dark Side of the Moon. Mm, that, that explains all the Dark Side of the Moon stuff around. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I can't not listen to that album, dude. I was listening to Time last night out by the fire and just... You know, in awe. Like, I've listened to Floyd so much in my life. Like, just a, a redundant amount of times, to be 100% honest. But, uh, so, like, you know, I'll be driving to work or something, and I just skip them if they come on. Because, like, okay, this song's super long, and, yeah, I've heard it. And, you know, I just skip it. Well, then, like, last night it just came on, and I was just like, damn, dude. Like, he, they hit that solo, and it, like, sounds like you're fucking flying, man. Like, you know what I mean? It just has that feel. Like, it puts, you know, something... <clears throat> In you, that's are you one of those, like, are you one of those Pink Floyd people that's like Sid Barrett is Bay? I mean, like yes and no. Mm -hmm. If you listen to his stuff, like when he was in the band, by the way, he was only on one album. Yeah, but uh, dude, it was so different. You know, it was so different. And then go listen to his solo shit because he did that after he left Floyd. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, so like I'm big, big in the Dark Side of the Moon. Um. I've listened to that album. I, my old laptop, it ended up breaking, but like it was the highest played album on my iTunes. Like I listened to that thing fucking I think I had over three hundred something count, like, on the computer. But uh I used to listen to it every night before I go to bed, like literally. Um amazing like songwriting. You know? Yes. Um yes. the way the whole album flowed, it was like, you know, nine songs long and uh Roger Waters said that money is the only one that doesn't fit, like it, it's the one that pisses him off because it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't, did, go, doesn't go. Yeah, but he said that one was for the record company, and then like the fact, like that song, like money, like what it's about. You know what I mean? It's like his big middle finger, like hey, fuck you. you yeah. Know? But uh, yeah, dude, influential as hell. Uh, that got me into the concept of like abstract thinking. I, you know, In, like interfresh, interfresh, interfresh. What whatever you use, flowers. Oh, infinifractal. Yes. Yeah. That word. Yeah. That that came came about um, when I was living down in Pittsburgh. Me and a little buddy are sitting there, um, partaking in some jazz cabbage. 
and uh, we were just like combining words and making some stuff up. And uh, I was I've like, never heard of car jazz cabbage. <laughs> what? I've never heard jazz. This was this was on on episode zero when we recorded it. I think I said Did jazz you say cabbage. That? Yeah, I, don't I got know. I got a recording of it, so you've definitely heard it. But um, yeah, we were making words up, and I'd said uh, you know like infinity, and I love fractals, like they're cool as fuck. And I was like, wait, infinifractal, yo. And then it was like teleflowers, infinifractal teleflowers, like you know like tele like kinetic, yeah, yeah, you know. And then flowers are like patterns. So the name corresponds with an infinite amount of like flowery patterns that I could pass to you through my head. You know? I, I just always, well, I'll be honest, never I saw your name was that on Bookface for a while. Yeah. And they I made did, me change it. Why? Because it wasn't my real name. They said I had to send in my ID. Do you think that my name is Kenjamin? No. Do they think my name is Kenjamin? No. I mean, they might. I don't know. <laughs> Jess's cousin's name is Liz, and her last name's Ard on Facebook. <laughs> it's like, hey, Lizard, how you doing? <laughs> like, one day I caught it. I was like, wait a second. That's not her, her, like her husband, Matt. I was like, that's not her last name. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> Liz was, Ard. I was like, I really like you. Liz, you're cool. But, uh, yeah, okay, so going back to Floyd. Um it just, uh, I don't know, something got me close, I felt like, with like my dad and then like my stepdad, too, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Me and my dad didn't always have like you know the closest relationship. Uh, you know, he's out of the picture, and once I found out like he liked that kind of stuff, like, you know, I listened to it and, you know, take a gander, I'm like, okay, okay. But the first time I heard that album, dude, I was like, holy shit. Like, just the whole thing, man. Like, Eclipse is just, like, such an ending. You know what I mean? It's, like, Eclipse, like, on the album itself, it's almost like that build-up for fucking uh, White Rabbit. You know what I mean? Where she's just screaming, feed your head. Like, that's Eclipse. Like, just just perfect. I I loved it. Um, And that got me into a lot more Floyd. Like, I ended up getting, like, their discography. Like, amazing shit, man. Like, uh... I mean, I'd say my second favorite from them is definitely Animals. Like, but yeah, you know, that's a toss-up. But I'd say Dark Side takes the cake for sure. Uh, it's my brother's favorite band too. Yeah, they're sweet, dude. Sweet. A lot, a lot of good, powerful messages that come out of them, guys. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They just, uh, I don't know. I feel like they influenced a whole lot of people too. Like other than just me. I mean, like, I mean, obviously, like, oh, Pink Floyd, LSD, dude, go eat mushrooms and watch the wall. Like, you know, that shit's nuts. But other than that, I mean, like, dude, they put, you know, feeling into people. That movie sucked, by the way. I never, I haven't seen it, don't, actually. Don't waste your time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, they put, they put feeling back in the world, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, they, uh, they're pretty fucking famous. Yeah. <laughs> like, everybody knows them, man. It was, um, uh, Roger Waters had played on, uh, uh, Jimmy Fallon. He played live. He played in the flesh on Jimmy Fallon, and he asked him if he could. Uh, he's like, "Can you still do the? Uh, uh, you can't eat your meat, or you can't have any pudding if you don't eat your meat." And he like said it, <laughs> and Jimmy asked him if he'd do it one more time, and he recorded it, like for him, and then he set it up. I think as his ringtone or his voicemail thing. I was like, "That's awesome. That's sweet." I mean, you know, they had their falling outs, but yeah. uh, I mean, I, I wish I, you know, could get back and do it all. 
mean, uh, Wright just died, so can't really have that great of a piano artist there, but right. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's mine there. What about uh, what are we going for here? Five. Ah, uh, this is gonna be my last one. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Um, for me, uh, Third Eye Blind's first album. Um, that was something that like I was I was going through a lot of stuff like in college, like toward the end of like my like I was in love with a girl who like didn't want to be with me, and it was just really rough. Unrequited. Yes, basically, yeah. it was a really rough patch. So, um, there are a lot of songs there that like I uh, tried to relate to. And I mean, they did relate to me. Like I, I might have had to stretch a little bit, but I, it was just something that uh, I, I always hate. I was always like, "Oh, third eye blind sucks," you know. Yeah. And then like I actually like I was just like really sad one day, and I heard that on the radio. I'm like, "Wow, I I feel that," you know. So. Yeah, just one of those things. Um, <clears throat> but even too like, I didn't realize that uh, he was 30 years old when that album came out. Cause I was, I was like, oh man, they broke this. Like, you know, this guy's just like me. He's twenty four years old. His heart's broken. I'm like, oh, he's he's actually thirty. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's that's a little old. Yeah, never never too old to make music. No, though. no. But usually, no. you see somebody drop an album like their first one. You know, in their early twenties, kind of. Yeah. Um, I uh, I haven't listened to the whole one. Is that is that the red album? That's the first the, one? yeah. That's the one with the red red the red and yellow cover. Red lady. Yeah, I remember. Um, uh, Benny Yasko is leaving my house. He happened to have that. He found it in his truck. Like, he forgot he had it. Yeah. He's like, oh, shit. Like, and his uh, phone had, or uh, Bluetooth thing had fucked up in his truck. So uh, he just threw that in and was, like, listening to it. What the hell is this song? Uh, Mars, se- Mars. Send Me All Your Vampires? Oh, I don't remember. I think that one's off Blue. No, I think it's off the Red album. How's it go? Um... I haven't listened to I haven't listened to that one in like a long time. I, I haven't listened to, like again, I listen to it literally every day for like says, a long time. How deep do you, something go? Deeper than bones. Oh fuck, I can't remember. But I mean the lyrics in that one are That one, I mean like I said that one, that one was like deep for me cuz uh, I don't know. I was I I was really sad coming out of college. You know, cuz like everything just everything in my life changes and I'm trying to be with somebody who doesn't want to be with me and then like everything like they were saying about like uh like losing a whole year you're talking about like he lost a whole year because he was with this girl and then like their relationship like fell apart yeah um yeah that's sweet yeah because uh it's nice to be able to cope with music well yeah um because then he says uh he said your dad like in the song he said uh your daddy left you with no love and like the girl that i wanted like the girl that i was after at the time she had like real daddy issues yeah so I was like, "Oh, this is, this is like about me," and, you know. Does he know me? Yeah, I was like, "I was like this. This song is like perfect for like what I'm going through right now." Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's sweet, man. Like I, that's you know one of the you know reasons I love music. Like, it's just it's there for you. Mm-hmm. Music's always there. It doesn't let you down. No, never. It only lets you down whenever you find something. You yeah, know. you know. You ever notice? Like, it only lets sad? you down when you wait ten years for a fucking tool album. Yeah, and then. It, I'm not gonna say it's gonna suck. But. It it it's well. I'm not gonna say it's it's probably gonna be a good album. It's just I've waited so long for it. It's like built up to be like it has to be the best stuff. Like I literally have to like hear it and my like eyes have to. I have to get stigmata from it basically. For yeah. It to, like be. But um. You ever watch uh? I Metal mean, Apocalypse. Yes. 
Like they uh Mermaider. They they recorded that album. Jingle. <laughs> they recorded the album underwater just for the fish. Yeah. And like the people ride it and they wanted to hear it. So when they played it live for the first time, just everybody starts dying because it's so fucking brutal. <laughs> like that's how like the tool album's gonna be when they release it. It's just like half the world's gonna implode. It's, Holy shit, Maynard wasn't lying. <laughs> oh. uh, um, but I, I mean, even then though, um, the only reason that I really got into the album though is I remember we were getting burgers at the, uh, uh, me and a few friends were going to Spuds. Okay. And like this girl was supposed to come with then she like was like, oh, I, got, I can't make it, you know, whatever. So it was whatever. And um, Never Let You Go came on to the radio and like we're all trying to figure out like what is this song like what what is this you know like who we're like we know the song like who is it by and i didn't have a smartphone at the time yeah actually i don't even think uh, a few people did but i I think it was like you know second generation iphone stuff so they didn't have like the just press a button and you can figure out what song it is so i ended up just remembering a few lyrics going home and googling them and then like i i would like like she so you really liked it when you heard it yeah 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 so um so then, like, she would, like, we were texting each other, and, like, I just kept on, like, she'd say something, and I would just send her another lyric from, like, a third-eye blind song. Dude, that's deep. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, she would she would say something, and I'm like, I was like, well, there's plenty of reasons for letting you go, you know? She's like, yeah. what? And I was like, I'll never let you go, you know? Stuff like that, but uh, we ended up, uh, yeah, she ended up being a bitch, but... Yeah, he's such but, a slave. But, but it was, but like whenever I was really, set, but like so I was getting third eye blind, and then like whenever she was like, "Yeah, we're not going to be together. Like I'm not going to be with you. You're, you're going to move away and do stuff, and I'm I'm going to still be down here." So like, um, so that's whenever I started listening to more of their stuff, and it just kind of it it spoke to me, and it was really relatable. So yeah, um, it just it just got me through like a really a really rough patch of heartbreak, really. Yeah, so you're thankful for that. Yes, yes. yeah, that's sweet, dude. Yeah, so I mean, even to this day, like Healing I, I love, I love it. I, lo- I still love that album. But like every time I listen to it, the, like I still think about like her and like graduating college and stuff like that. Like it, it's yeah, it, reminiscent. Yeah, you know that's how it goes. Though I would, uh, I would uh, advise against it, but everybody always does. When you're sad, you just listen to sad music and then become more sad. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it, like, makes you feel good. Well, I don't... It's not even, like, all the time... Well, yeah, I guess. I guess. Because the last last door to really break my heart, like, I got big into Coldplay after that. (laughs) (laughs) Coldplay's good. Well, what what happened was was I was, like... I was house-sitting for somebody, and she was, like, right next door, and, like... She was leaving, and then she's like, she's like, well, do you want, do you want to like hang out? And I was like, well, I can't, I'm, I have to go to like a child's birthday party. And that was like the last time I ever spoke to her. But like, uh, I got really drunk and like empty. I was all I did was watch MTV Classic, which all they plays me to be was twenty four seven. Yeah. And then like the Scientist by Coldplay like came on, and I was like, I'm so sad. Like, yeah, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean they're good though. Yeah, they are really like yellow and fix you oh my god parachutes is such a great album yeah dude wasn't an influential album to me but parachutes yeah, yeah, is yeah. a great album it's a good one yeah i don't know if uh i mean as of recently what would you say like something that you heard like in the past two years would you say is like you know an influential album something new to you you know uh god something in the last two years See, I went through like a phase. Uh, again, this was 
Yeah, I listen to like th- music and shit. I went through like a, a phase in 2013 where I was literally listening to like a new, I would just go on YouTube and I would find a new album to listen to while I played Gears of War. I think that was my thing. <laughs> so two years, so you're talking 2017. Oh boy. That's tough. You got this. Oh my god. <clears throat> um, probably Ozen by Meshuggah. Oh, okay. Because because I never realized music could be that brutal. Dancers of a Discordian System. Yeah. What's the other one on there? Uh, uh, the Beautiful Machine of something. I fucking forget the name. Isn't Bleed on that one? Yeah. Yeah, Bleed. Like that song. That song rips your face. Yeah, dude. They're nuts. Um, but but it was it was that for me that like that was like I guess that's like my my progression through heavy metal was like I heard that and it just blew my mind. Yeah, and I was like this is awesome. Like that's what is- everybody said the first time they heard Meshuggah. What the fuck? Yeah, they're like uh, yeah, like I because I, I, I always like heard people talk about Meshuggah and stuff, but I never listened to him. Yeah, and then people were like, yo, you gotta listen to like Odes, and I'm like, all right, and I listened to it, and like my face fucking melted. Yeah, like, dude. my head exploded, my ears were bleeding, Yeah. like, my eyes were bleeding, and I'm like, oh my god, this is the best thing ever. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah, they're influential to everybody, you know what I mean? Listen to that style of music, and then listen to something else, and you're like, oh, that's very meshuggah Like, yeah. you can't even write anything, yeah. like, close to that, and people just call you out, oh, that sounds like meshuggah. Like, um, Devin Townsend, uh, in DTP, uh, Devin Townsend Project, I forget what song it is, uh... Maybe it's war, mm-hmm. um, but he actually has a line that says, "And we all like to rip off Meshuggah," and then goes into this chunky fucking like, <laughs> dude. It's awesome, but like everybody does. Like, dude, nobody would have been doing these hardcore breakdowns and no, shit if they no, no. go back and listen to their stuff, dude. You're like, what the fuck? But yeah, that's sweet. Okay, yeah. okay, cool. What about you? In the past two years. Um, oh, geez. I cannot remember the this. album name, um, but it is uh, you got this. 12 Foot Ninjas. Uh, oh, yeah. We most were, recent album. Yeah. That shit, dude, it's so different, man. I've never heard, I mean, I've heard music like similar to that, you know, where they do this or that, uh, you know, because they have like, they'll do these like random, like, they'll be like playing a heavy metal part and then they just go into this funk, like disco kind of breakdown you know what i mean where Mm -hmm. like there's like a piano playing and all kinds of shit the music stops and then they come right back into it you know i've heard other bands do that kind of shit but i've never actually like heard somebody execute it so fucking perfectly like that shit like just you know blows my mind um there's a song on that album um we discussed it but uh oxygen oh my god dude like that shit hit me in the face like and i was just like i couldn't i you know i I was like, what the fuck is this, dude? <laughs> and, you know, I think the first song I ever heard by them was uh, One Hand Killing, and that was on uh, their album Shuriken. But that this the one that came after that was just, like, nuts, dude. Yeah. Uh, Oxygen is just such a, a well-put-together song. Like, it just builds and builds and builds. And, like, dude, they're heavy as fuck, but he just sings the whole time. Yeah. He'll, like, scream occasionally, you know? Like, in that song, he screams, like, once. and But the rest of it, he's just... You know? just that That's cool, man. Like, you know, usually, like... Okay, like, you can take a song and search it on Pandora and then say, you know, play more like this. And you will hear a lot of songs or find another band that, like, plays that genre of music, you know, that'll pop up. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't happen with 12 Foot, dude. 
like the weirdest shit comes up. I'm like, this isn't even close, dude. Right. Uh, I, I found a band called Ra because of them. Like R-A? Yeah, like the Egyptian god. Yeah, they've been around forever. Yeah, I never never heard of them. Really? They yeah, had they're... like a, a big song in like the early 2000s. That's probably the one that always comes on my mandor. <laughs> probably. Oh, fuck. But you that, know... that used to be one of my songs on MySpace. Yeah. I think the last song I ever had on MySpace was uh, Through the Fire and the Void by... Uh... What the fuck are they called now? Dragon Force? No. Fuck me. Of Fire and Void, but I forget who it was. It'll come to me. Nobody on MySpace has music anymore. No, because MySpace... I don't even know. I mean, you can probably still log in your MySpace, but... No, you didn't hear about that? No. What? Something happened with their computers, and any music that was uploaded... Uh, so my band, the busting heads. My yeah. band, the busting heads, all is gone. gone forever. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, it's sad. Uh, the busting heads will never bust heads again. No, dude, they shall. Bust them right here. Get on that set. Play some Hitler pizza. <laughs> Our own song. Oh, dude, it was good. I just like how you guys had like the the fucking Nazi gathering chants in the background. It was a Hitler speech. Yeah, yeah. We literally yeah. took a Hitler speech as we ate uh, fucking freezer pizza. And we're just like, let's jam. Yeah, that's sweet. 14-year-old me. That's sweet. Me. You know, that's where your creativeness flows from, you know? Like, right then. That's yeah. how you define who you're going to be later on. Yeah. Like, uh, a lot of people don't like the band, uh, but Attila, they got on a song called... Uh, I think it's on Shots for the Boys. <laughs> they, like, stop the song, and he's like, Yo, listen up. You can be anything you want in this life, but just don't be a fucking bitch. <laughs> and then they, like, go right back, and they're playing heavy. He's like, says, put your middle fingers up, and, like, but he's, like, grounded. Yeah. Put your middle fingers up. And, like, you're, yeah, you get into it. But, you know, that's that's sweet. Like, I would have never thought I'd be writing the shit that I'm writing nowadays back then. You know right. what I mean? Because I didn't... I. I sucked at writing my own shit. Right. I wasn't good at playing guitar. <laughs> you know, but uh, now, dude, like, I've, I, you know, I've defined my sound, I guess. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, look at Bubby, man. Like, yeah. spectral type and wander. two different things. But He'll be on his guitar still has that, that, that same vibe, dude, that same yeah. sound. You know what I mean? Like, he's definitely defined what he likes to play, and he, it's, it's ambience, in my opinion. Right. But, yeah, I miss their heavy shit. Me too. I'm a spectral type. Yeah. Just call up Dan. Do the reunion. That'd be sweet. That would be. I would, I'd go to that, dude. I would too. It'd be fucking badass. Right. Who played drums for them? Rotomore or? I don't remember. We should get this to happen, dude. <laughs> Dan's in Colorado. I know. Fuck it. We'll put him on Skype. <laughs> <laughs> Just plug his shit in the Knox cord on a PA system. That'd yeah. be his guitar. That'd be sweet, though. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you for tuning in. Yeah, guys. Um, that's our uh, most influential albums list there. Just five from each of us. Uh, so uh, if you guys have listened to any of those, congrats. If you haven't, I would definitely go and check them out because, uh, I mean, dude, they did a lot for a lot of people. But, yeah. I mean, you might you might find something new that you never heard before. So, uh, you know, just scroll back, find out the album names if you need them or not. But, uh don't forget to like and subscribe. Um, find us on iTunes. Find us on iTunes. We'll be on SoundCloud as well. And uh, check the links at the bottom for all those. Uh, got our Facebook page. Going to have a uh, Instagram. 
might even do the Twitter. Oh. Let's see how it goes. But yeah, guys, uh, yeah, just check the links at the bottom. And uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Peace out. Okay. Um, I had the bubble guts. I need to